Today in Security from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Security news this week. White House exposes the info of privacy-concerned voters by Emily Dreyfus. The ever-changing Russian hacking scandal, which doesn't yet have a catchy name like Treason Gate but clearly needs one, took a sharp U-turn back to email territory when Donald Trump Jr. revealed the email chain in which he set up a meeting with a Russian government lawyer. We profiled the British publicist who organized the get-together a guy who has had a long and colourful relationship with the Trump family, much of which helpfully lives on social media. Reports indicate that congressional and special investigators are looking into President Trump's campaign data team for signs they may have helped Russians target misinformation to undecided voters. However, Russia wouldn't even really need a mole within the campaign to launch a full-bore targeted propaganda campaign in the U.S., a fact that should trouble you more, not less. Besides, if Congress wants to find answers about Russian ad targeting, it should probably just ask Facebook. And speaking of the election, we explained why, even after the 2016 election, with which a foreign power interfered, voters, politicians still can't agree how to secure the basic machines we vote on. Trump also said words about a transparent border wall and flying heroin, but don't sweat it too much. In non-Russia Trump news, dark web denizens had a bad week when it came out that feds took down Alphabay, the biggest ever online black market. Oh, and Uber created a tool that allows its engineers to know less about you while still analyzing your data to make the app work well. And of course, there's more. Each Saturday, we round up the news stories that we didn't break or cover in depth, but that still deserve your attention. Here are four of them. Stay safe out there. First up, that story about the White House releasing public voter info of the voters who were worried about privacy. Outraged by President Trump's Election Integrity Commission's request for states to reveal voter data, some American voters wrote directly to the White House to complain about the potential privacy violation. In response, according to the Washington Post, the White House published those emails without redacting private information. 
I respectfully request, as an American-born citizen legally eligible to vote for two decades, that you leave my voter data and history alone. Do not publish it and do nothing with it, said one voter. Well, instead, the White House published it, along with some home addresses, email addresses, full names and places of employment and phone numbers. Hopefully those outraged that their information was leaked won't write to the White House to complain about it. Our next story, the other Russian at the Trump Jr. meeting, is an alleged hacker. On Friday, it came to light that another Russian person attended that infamous June meeting with Donald Trump Jr., Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner, in addition to Russian lawyer Natalia Veselnitskia. A Russian lobbyist named Rinat Akmetshin told the Associated Press he was also in the meeting. And then the Daily Beast reported that, well... Akmetshin was once accused of being involved in an international hacking scandal, which sounds familiar, doesn't it? Our third story, border agents can't look at data stored on the cloud. Since President Trump took office, border and immigration controls have ramped up their questioning techniques according to numerous reports of people being held up at customs and asked to do everything from take an engineering test to prove they were really an engineer to hand over their phones. In April, Senators Ron Wyden and Ron Paul introduced a bill to make searching cell phones illegal without probable cause. This week, CBP responded and said that it doesn't need a warrant to search a phone for data that is stored directly on it, like photos or phone numbers. But CBP says it isn't allowed to access data stored on the cloud, such as, say, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, which is a surprising concession from a group frequently seen as overreaching. And finally, it turns out your heart can tattle on you in a court of law. A judge in Ohio has ruled that evidence taken from a suspect's pacemaker is admissible in the trial against him. The man, Ross Compton, is accused of arson, but he says he didn't start the fire, rather it woke him from sleep, at which point he packed a bag, broke a window and escaped. A doctor who looked at his pacemaker's activity on the night in question says that's, quote, highly improbable, according to the Journal News. Compton's lawyers argue that the device is essentially a part of his physical body, and therefore admitting its data as evidence is a violation of his constitutional rights to privacy from undue search and seizure. The case gets at the heart of the tension between private data and government, and is just the latest example of how technology can be used to reveal facts about a person that they may have preferred to keep private. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.